0: May 7, 2004, it's a Watt from Pedro show.
1: Jason, Chancen,
0: Okay, what from Pedro? Show I think there's just crowd there for a couple minutes. Even though the dial says there's two more minutes, we know they uh, dug the Fugazi there. That was repeater Fugazi live in Berlin from 1992. He gave me this uh, double CD because I gave him some scritty politi. He's way into this late 70s thing from England, and he didn't even know these are like the 4A sides thing existed. So I got to expand his thing a little and he returned the favor with some live Fugazi. Great sounding thing. And before that, we start off with John Coltrane with Welcome off his uh, In Transition, uh, not In Transition, Transition album from uh, a while ago. I think this was 63, 64. Anyway, Welcome to Victor Gaston. Thank you. Thank you. in-studio guest here, artist. Uh, You might have known his work from the uh, covers of the Colexico Records, but also he shows in a lot of galleries, and uh, you brought me and Raymond to a pad in uh, West L.A., huh? Right. Right. And had some uh, Lucha uh, Libre-type cats, some Star Wars-type, some... uh, rides
2: yeah low rider cars
0: yeah absolute
2: muscle cars and um yeah action figures wrestlers star wars uh, girls you know pretty much anything that you know gets your attention or that you like or or that i like i mean that i want to share
0: yeah and the technique too that you use is really neat you know it's it makes them uh, really singular I don't know how you do it. I,
2: I make them with, um, I draw them with, uh, you know, I find images. Sometimes I mix images. And uh, I I do a drawing, traditional, you know, with pencil and refine it. And then, uh, then I make it into a high contrast drawing where it could work just as a one color image. But I've been adding more and more layers. So it's, um, the final product is done with stencils. Stencils? Spray paint stencils. Yeah, it's really neat. It's, sometimes people ask, like, why I don't. Um, sometimes they assume it's it's a airbrush, or then they'll ask, well, why don't I use airbrush? I just, you know, I didn't start using an airbrush, and I used an airbrush once in commercial art school, and I just, um, you know, with a spray can, there's there isn't any setup. There isn't any, you know, I don't I don't have to I don't have to have a compressor. I don't have to. Clean the gun. You know, I just have to go to the hardware store and buy some cans, and <laughs> and then um, you know, cut out some stencils out of acetate and and spray them out. You know. Yeah. And, and just spray, and then and, and then that's it. Victor, do you have uh,
0: your art on the web that people can look
2: to? I don't have my own website. My art is at a website called OpticNerve, like Optic Nerve, like O P T I C dot or uh, actually optic nerve one word o p t i c n e r v e dot com and that's like a, an artist website um of uh actually like i think they're mostly commercial artists and a friend of mine just put me in there years ago and then it's been up for for years so that people can check it out yeah Yeah,
0: it's there and then um there's a link to victor or mart yeah yeah
2: if you go to and actually if if you just dial my name in in google google or one of the searches like a a few things will come up that have my images up but i don't have my own website or anything like that but you're going to yeah yeah i want to (laughs)
0: all right no middleman yeah like the spray cans (laughs) no i like it a lot (laughs) i see a lot of opportunities. you want the cats to see it yeah definitely yeah, um, that's one of the great things—kind of like the fanzine aspect of the web—that people kind of overlook.
2: Yeah, it's really empowering. And I mean, without uh, without me doing much myself, um, my images are all over the place, you know, on their own from shows I've been in, or or like this optic nerve thing. And because it's all in the in cyberspace, it's not like it's taking up some space in some room, you know, yeah. where somebody says, "Hey, come and get your stuff," you know, like. Or I'm tired of your stuff in my apartment. You know, you got to get it out of here. It's been here for 10 years. Where this stuff, it seems like it could just be there forever. Perpetual. And people like that. It keeps bringing... Perpetuity, I think. More and more people keep, you know, finding it. And they find other people's stuff and other people's... Right. You know, they keep, Tangents, lakes. It's all lakes, connecting
0: everybody. Which is... Uh more like a living organism. Yeah. Instead of just stale, like and a museum or growing. gallery.
2: Yeah. Exactly. You
0: physically don't have to be there. You can be in Sarajevo. Right. You can right. be in Tokyo. You can be in P- Pedro, Wilmington. <laughs> you right. You check it out.
2: Yeah. You know, you could be talking to somebody on the phone and say, you know, you can see it right now. If you have a computer, if you have access, you can see the stuff anytime, anywhere. Or, or, or a, a
0: library. Somewhere. Right. Right. There's pewters in the yeah, libraries yeah. now, so you don't even have to have a or computer. a coffee house or whatever. Right. Uh, you brought a lot of music from uh, around the world, which is great. Expand the what from Pedro show horizons, and uh, I've heard of this band, Mano Negro. Mm-hmm. They've been around for a long time. I guess they broke it up since. Right. But uh, great band. You want to tell us something about them? We're going to play a song from these guys. Yeah, I
2: brought his last album. Well, their last album, Mano Negro, is the band that used to that was fronted originally by Manu Chao, who's gone on and in, uh, into a solo career. And I found out about him uh, from my friend, from uh, Joey from Calexico. He sent me a cassette with um, Mano Chao's first solo album. And, that, and I had heard Mano Negra, but I was not that impressed. A friend of mine um, had a lot of their records and they were hardcore punk uh, from South America or actually, no, no, they're from uh, Spain. France. Yeah, Spain. He's French. Mano yeah. Chao's French, lives in Spain. But, um, I've heard a lot of these bands, a lot of the uh, Latino and uh, European Spanish speaking punk bands, but I hadn't heard anything that, that I thought that, that moved me, you know, or made me want to go buy it or, you know, I, a lot of times you hear some of these rock bands and they're still going through their dark ages. I feel like, you know, like, you know, it's all right, but you know, I don't need to hear Van Halen in Spanish or whatever, you know, but this guy really, this guy really blew me away. You know, Mano Chao's, his solo record just blew me away that it was all kind of homemade, you know, all like uh, tape recordings, reminded me of some of the stuff you did, you know, Minutemen stuff where you know, you could hear that you're in some room with a guitar and a <laughs> tape, you know, like it's real lo-fi and yeah. and it's like, it's all done like that the whole album was done like that and, and the real important things are the lyrics and, and the beats he puts in there and it, it seems real taped together slapped together, string, you know, like seems real homemade, real punk and little by little the record was so different than anything i had heard at first it was kind of shocking but then it just it blew me away you know i just i realized how how awesome this guy was and i it made me look back on the rest of his career the Mano negra stuff and and i still don't like all the mono negra stuff but i could see that the band was evolving they had they had put out a lot of records at least 5 or 6 but the but that last one seemed like they were building up to something, you know, whereas some bands, they they did their thing and then it kind of sputtered out. It doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes bands build and they snowball and with these guys, they built and then they just blew up, you know, they just went into solo projects, everybody, you know, went their own way. Too many creative minds maybe in the band, you know, too many people wanting to call the shots. Too many chiefs. Yeah, you know. (laughs) But that record... um, That's
0: kind of natural though, like in an evolution thing.
2: And at least... They got to make this record. You know, they could have broke up before this one. And the then, record
0: this song's from?
2: Yeah, the yeah, the Casa uh, Babylon, it's <coughs> called. And uh, they sing in Spanish and uh, English and, uh, I think, Arabic and, the, you know, French. A lot of different, all in, all different styles that you can think of. A lot of Clash influence and, you know, a lot of punk influence of, of putting things together that, that weren't together before. Just putting your musical taste together. And... Um, this song, Señor Matanza, I like a lot. It has a little bit of rap uh, kind of going on. I like Okay, the
0: let's hear it now. Watford Pedro Show.
1: Mambo, si, 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 yo quiero Mambo, Mambo, si, 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 yo quiero
3: Mambo, Mambo
0: From pedro show, we got to see what that CD is because Victor says, Gong it. No es mismo, Alejandro Sanz.
2: Yeah, this is some like Grammy winning dude, you know. Like, <laughs> this, I mean, I don't like this. It was stuff. not a
0: Zepta, <laughs> it up on no, it's not Zepta, huh?
2: That's no. what we wanted to hear. No, Zepta's more punk, you know, cause yeah. Ska. And we don't even know the name of that tune, huh?
0: No. So I will put unknown track. Maybe it's better we don't know. No. Huh? Yeah. But before that, that, that we point. do know who was before him. It was Perez Prado Mambo. Right. Right. With yeah. Mambo number five.
2: Yeah, like his probably his biggest hit or most well-known song. But it, you can't go wrong with anything from that guy.
0: And uh, what were you saying, brother Matt? Like the real Ricky Ricardo. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a he he lives in Mexico. Around. Lived in Mexico, but uh, he's a Cubano, right?
2: Right. He was Cuban, and I think his is um, I think his his you know his prime was probably the fifties, maybe early sixties, and then at one point he just you know he was over. Right. You should tell him the
0: story of that. What happened?
2: Yeah. What I've heard is that he did a, you know, at the height of his popularity, he. He did a kind of like a Hendrix star spangled banner to the Mexican anthem. And you know, over there, people that, you know, the, the, the rich, the bourgeois are really bourgeois and they hated it and it re- pretty much ruined his career overnight. And over there, you know, the right people to them own the record stations and radio stations, and that sky was over, you know, probably for except for live gigs, and even then, it was probably. Slim so Pickens for him, probably not as good venues as he used to play in front of, and he was pretty much over. Man. Yeah, but he was bad. awesome. When I yeah. finally started hearing him, you know, it, it just blew me away. You know, like one of those bands, like you finally get you finally get it, you know, and then you, you just realize, like, you hear their record, your their catalog, and they didn't make any wrong moves, you know. It, like er- everything is just, you know, really good, real innovative.
0: And we started with Mano Negra with... Uh
2: Senor Matanza.
0: Right, and uh, we were talking about that, right, uh, Senor Matanza. He's the man. He's not the mayor. He's not the yeah. cardinal, but he's the in the lyrics. He's Meister. talking
2: about like the the, the the you know the A number one in, in pretty much any uh, third world country. I would imagine it, you know that that this would be the scene. You know, there's the the main main shot caller that um, the important people, the the people that everybody knows, like the mayor and the cardinal and the bishop. They know who this guy is, you know, they... they um,
0: Kisses Ring.
2: Yeah, he's the real guy calling the shots. Um, he's the guy that doesn't, that never leaves office, you know, and in the song he's talking about, you know, nothing moves around here without getting his authority in. Um, right,
0: but pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Right. Like Wizard of Oz, huh?
2: And the chorus is, they're saying like, and my friends... Uh, I Lleva Pal Monte, like, Neros uh, is short for Compañeros, so it's like to, you know, and my partners get taken off to the hills or to the mountains where, you know, you get off, you know, people disappear. Yeah, terrible. Cool band.
0: Well, um, like I said, a guy, I gave him that, um uh politi, and he gave me a fugazi, but he also gave me, like I said, he's getting into this... He, He's a little bit younger than I am, <laughs> maybe by a decade or so. And uh, so, but he's get, been getting into this late 70s thing. And so he, besides the Fugazi, he also gave me a compilation of stuff he's discovered. And here's a band from England called The Scars, late 70s, something off a uh, little label there. I guess they put out the first Gang of Four single and the first uh, Mekon single, a uh, label called Fast Records, and here's something off that. A uh, band called The Scars and a tune called Horror Show and the Watt from Pedro Show. <laughs> from pedro show that's hella from sacramento with uh, biblical violence i know you knew that was the title of it because of uh the words <laughs> we were just talking about instrumental bands right and a heavy little shift yeah, they got to carry right Yeah,
2: there's a lot of times you find real good ones and you know they're having a hard time getting hurt anywhere or, or- having having people give them a chance
0: now the band before that having singing not being an instrumental band they have much easier access but maybe the name of the band is tough they're called the Crack Pipes and that was Cinnamon Roll (laughs) before that though we had another instrumental band one from um, Baltimore called the Oxes with Russia is Here from their first album. And we started off with the horror show by The Scars. From the late 70s out of England. Uh, coming up near the end of the first hour of for Pedro show. May 7, 2004 edition. Talking with Victor here. You now you were saying we're looking at your website right here. And Brother Matt somehow has the PC going. Without the worm eating it up. Yeah, probably that's in a few
2: from, a, from a... I think it's Arizona, um, University of Arizona. Uh, they, uh, they put out a book. The university put out a two-volume set, and they have a website. And um, there's a, I'm st- I'm, I, have some, I have some things in both books, and there's, I think, some images at the website.
0: Latina, Latino art community.
2: Yeah, it's just another one of those things where I
0: don't know the... It's like a Frida Kahlo. But if you go in the Google
2: search engine, yeah, put your name in it'll come up. It'll say Latino book or Latino something like <laughs> that. And
0: now, well, we uh, did see something up there where a cat in Germany is bootlegging you. Oh, yeah. But the guy wanted to yeah, have he, you design a shirt. He
2: contacted me. Um, I don't even remember how he found my phone number. He called me from Germany, and he had a real real heavy accent. I, I could barely understand Probably a him. German one. yeah. And and you know it, he did speak English very well and and I knew he wasn't understanding me completely, and um, he wanted to put out my shirts and and I thought you know that I would maybe go for it but I you know I have guys like that here you know in, in LA that that'll do the same thing that I can make deals with that I don't find time to to do and I just thought it maybe doing it with some guy from Europe wouldn't be. You know, such a great idea. You know, I mean, I, I can't trust the guys from around here. What am I going to trust some guy that, you know, I can't, you know, find him? Um, Physically reach out to him. Yeah, and grab. you know, go to his house and say, you know, where's my money or whatever. And it was the <laughs> Chuck same deal Barry he wanted style. to give me. Bo Diddley stuff. He wanted to give me, like, a, you know, same deal that a lot of these guys offer you. So I just thought, I'll just stay here and I just blew him off. And then one day my wife called me at, at work and said, hey, some guy um, selling your shirts. You know, online and and I found it. And actually, it's like one of the first things that comes up if you if you do do a search uh, with my name, Victor Gastelum. Oh, um, so he probably pays off these search engines. Yeah, get my, my last name is G A S T E L U M, and I don't know, but it comes up. His his website comes up. It's called Trojan Horse. And <laughs> He wanted me to do great his logo name for too. the web. And and yeah, he's selling my T-shirts as um, not just the image, but it's like a T-shirt that I made. Of of just one of my images, it's called Los Angeles, and has a <laughs> has a bomb on it, a, a you know Chevy bomb. Oh yeah, right. And I he, know that one. You know he he's selling them, and I've never contacted about you know anything about it. And in, in a way, you know, it, I hope that he's selling them. You know, I mean, but
0: you I, know what, Victor,
2: Colexico tours a lot over there, and your images are on their stuff, and so I could see a European cat connecting. Oh, I think that this guy probably bought a shirt off of me. Because it's a shirt that I made myself and that I sold most of them myself, you know. So I think this guy at one point, you know, probably, you know, bought a shirt off of me for 10 bucks or something. I'm thinking, you know, maybe you he was him. out here. I think. Because, you know, it's not like I have a mail or a business or anything. I mean, I sold these shirts myself. Slinging them. Placed them. Well, I placed them in some stores, too. But everything is real local and yeah. not very many shirts, you know, in the, in the hundreds or low hundreds, if that. So and the the image that he has online is, you know, it's like one of my shirts. I don't know what the ones he made look like, but um, it, you know, the one that he shows, I, I imagine, unless he's a real good bootlegger, that it's probably one of my shirts that he actually scanned in there. But, well, I know uh, from being in Europe myself
0: and seeing the Calexico stuff, your art associated with that band is all over
2: Europe. Yeah, they they tour so much. Yeah, um,
0: probably more over there than here. Big time. yeah, yeah.
2: And they're touring. They they you know they go to Australia now, and they, they have a label in in Japan, and they sell their you know they have a lot of merchandise, and so yeah, they they've been um, I've been real lucky that they they've spread my imagery around a lot. Yeah, much respect. They, they've done a lot of
0: and uh, they've been doing a lot of Minutemen songs. I think yeah, they're doing yeah. Jesus and Tequila now. They've been doing Corona a long time. They finally re, uh, released it on a record. Right and uh, i get uh emails from all kinds of kids who've heard it found out about the minuteman via colexico
2: but they so thank they, you Joey. they uh learned um they learned a the whole set worth. right right cuz uh, it,
0: it ain't straight covers they do it colexico way which is really neat they, they mix it in like real a mariachi natural, oh yeah <laughs> That's how it sounds yeah. like Absolutely. You know,
2: you're thinking about Corona, you're hearing mariachi, so you're thinking, oh, that goes, you know, like. Uh,
0: you know, I got to play it with them in Rennes, France.
2: Yeah, yeah. With two other bass players, a like guitarron
0: guy and a stand up guy, and I was on electric bass guitar. So yeah. it was a trip. Yeah. It was huge.
2: Yeah, they do them real nice. I
0: hadn't played it the song in 20 years, and it was a trip. I had, I had kind of followed them for the chord changes. I kind of. <laughs> Space <laughs>
2: yeah, they they I don't know what other songs they do, but th- I, they learned a, a slew of them. Well, I know they
0: do Jesus and Tequila, and somebody told me they did do, do a whole set when they want to.
2: Yeah, yeah, they so, can.
0: Much respect, uh, God. We're at the end of the first hour, hang tight for hour two, May 7th, 2004. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. <laughs>
3: down the high road.
4: cambio
1: El Salvador, El Salvador.
0: show that was war with cisco kid you picked that victor
2: yeah war one of my favorite bands of all time i got a cool little war thing to start things off for you
0: Oh, okay, good. yeah we got the spin cycle coming up next but you were saying you kind of took them for granted yeah they were so ubiquitous played everywhere
2: yeah i was lucky to be from here from this area from the from the harbor area and and you know they were always playing for free at mu- music festivals, and um every year I think it was at Banning Park in Wilmington for years. And you know the full band with horns and everything. And you know I got to see them once in Malibu with some guy that took over the horns with with some synthesizer, and it was awful. It was horrible.
0: <laughs> I think the backup singers were
6: from Pedro, and yeah, they had some Pedro connections. Yeah.
2: They used to play a little Point Firm and jam some of
6: the percussion people once in a while.
2: It yeah. seems like they had connections from everywhere around. <laughs> I mean, all the way from the, you know, from Pedro up to, to Compton and, mm-hmm. and Long He's Beach and the, the area.
0: I know some people yeah, and they the jam with jam. all kinds of them cats. Before that, we had Manu Chao with uh, La Primavera and Mi Gusta too. So, uh, two different songs, but they kind of flowed into one, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think on the CD they almost... They go right into each other,
0: and that's his uh, first solo record. Before uh, after, uh, I think that was the second. Negri. I think oh, that was the second,
2: second one. one. Okay. The first one's called *Clandestino*. Yeah, uh, that's the one we heard. Was it *Clandestino*? *Clandestino*, uh, brother Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. Yeah. No, this is uh, oh, a *Proxima*. Yeah, *Proxima Estación Esperanza*. So this okay. was the second record, and it was like a little hit for a while.
0: I saw *Clandestino*. Yeah, I
2: gave you *Clandestino*. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's sealed up still. Over here. Okay. Yeah, we'll play this next show. That was, he was from Mano Negra, the, the mm-hmm. Senor Matanza song guy.
0: And you can see how the art's similar, No, put that over there, because it's a lot do old space. And, uh, and we started off the uh, second hour with uh, Bindi Boggy by Joe Strummer. Yeah. And uh, Mescaleros, and uh, tell us about that tune.
2: Yeah, um, I really like Joe Strummer's solo albums a lot, and that song's my favorite one on the on that record um i like the what he you know what he sings about he's he's meeting some guy and the guy's asking him about some food that he knows about in europe and and joe tells him you know they don't have any of that around here like i know what you're talking about but they don't make it here nobody likes it here but but we do have and then he goes into this big old rant of all the f- local food which is from all these different cultures and then, um, in talking to the guy, then he he mentions the guy. You know, I'm in a band. You know, I got a band. And then the guy says, "Well, what does it sound like?" You know, and and then you know he pauses for a while, like, "Well, it's kind of like you know, like you know." How he's trying to think of how to put it into words, and then he does. You know, and 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 he describes it. And I like all the words he uses to describe the music. And um, you know, he, the, the part of the chorus I think is like a "Welcome to the humble neighborhood." So the guy's an immigrant, a brand new immigrant, and. And I think Joe, it, it might from the food that he mentions, it sounded like he might be in New York, you know, somewhere where there's a lot of cultures all together. So there's a lot of different foods, you know. You can always go to any kind of food, you know, in one place. And you know, at the end, he tells a guy like, um, you know, why don't we go eat? You know, and you know, like they're both kind of immigrants. You know, they're both like. So it's yeah. kind of like a real American story and a real real uh, immigrant story.
0: Yeah, maybe a world story. Yeah, the way things are moving. The big, huge planet, but then uh, the humble neighborhoods. Right. It's this kind of dangling duality. Okay, uh, I'm very pleased now to present Brother Matt with another edition of his spin cycle. Cool.
7: Hey.
1: Imitación de marcha, elevación rodillas al frente y balanceando bien esos brazos. Escuchemos el fondo musical. Seguimos con movimiento de brazos. Ejercicio número 7. posición inicial, firmes. Balanceo de brazos a los costados, segundo tiempo brazos arriba, tercer tiempo brazos a los costados y firme. 26, 27 y 28, vamos a saltar un poco, posición inicial, parado sobre un pie, el otro extendido y elevado a un costado, las manos en la cintura, y vamos a realizar dos saltitos con cada pie, 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 pie alternando la extensión del otro, listos,
8: i
4: o está caliente
0: Thank you very much, Brother Matt. That's uh, the Matt Spin Cycle here on the Watt from Pedro Show. And we're coming down to the end of the second hour of the May 7th, 2004 edition. Watt from Pedro Show, special in studio guest, Victor Gastelum. We're going to play some more tunes he brought aboard for this third hour. But first, we're going to have, uh, well, stay tuned for part two of. Somewhere next door to reality, the adventure we got going with Jack Flanders, mind movie from ZBS. Okay, hang tight. 7, 2004, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Here's part two of Somewhere Next Door to Reality.
8: Jack Flanders received a phone call from his old friend Mojo Sam. Mojo told Jack about strange happenings in the city of Old Montreal. Several people have vanished. In fact, they seem to have become transparent and then may have simply faded away. When Dominique's friend Rene disappeared, Mojo asked Jack to help him figure out what's going on. It's now the next morning. Jack is strolling along Rue St. Paul, checking out the various shops, when he notices a very attractive woman on the other side of the narrow cobblestone street. She's talking to a blind street musician seated on a chair playing an accordion. Jack is appreciating this quite lovely woman when he suddenly becomes aware that he can see right through her. My God. Is it the same thing that happened to Mojo?
9: Is it the same woman? People are passing, but no one seems to notice. I don't know if it's the light or the shadowing, but I swear she's fading in and out. Maybe it's what Dominique calls fuzzing I can definitely see right through her. I I can see the accordion player saying something to her. Can he see it? Oh, right, dummy. He's blind. Of course not. At least I I think he is. She's turning around. She's looking right at me. She knew I was watching her. I can't see through her now. Now she's walking away. Well, it's worth a try. Excuse me. Uh, I didn't mean to stare at you.
5: But you were. Well,
9: well yes, I was, but... Don't
5: uh, you think it's rude?
9: Well, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't help noticing w- What? That. Well, when you stopped to speak to that blind man back there, well, you became transparent. I could see through you.
5: You can see through my clothes.
9: No, 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 no! I meant, I could see the man playing his accordion, even though you were standing right in front of him. I could see him right through you.
5: Do you see through me now?
9: Oh no! No, when I called you, you ceased being uh, what? Uh, um, fuzzy.
5: Am I fuzzy?
9: <laughs> well, you were a little.
5: And that is wrong.
9: Oh well, no. Your fuzziness is none of my business. No, but...
5: it isn't your business. Or is it?
9: Well, several people who have demonstrated similar fuzziness have actually vanished. Where? Where did it happen?
5: They became so fuzzy, they disappeared into where?
9: That's it, I don't know.
5: And you are concerned for my well-being?
9: No, not necessarily.
5: Then why are you concerned?
9: Well, friends. You know, when a friend disappears, other friends wonder what happened
5: you have a friend who has uh, what uh, fuzzled
9: no i have friends who have friends who have fuzzled <laughs> I,
5: is this amusing uh,
9: no 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 it's it's just the absurdity of this conversation
5: you want to know where they've gone i guess but you are not police no you are not a detective no
9: I was asked by a friend to see if I could find out what's going on.
5: Am I your first big clue?
9: I'm not sure.
5: You want me to tell you something. Yeah,
9: that might help.
5: What can I tell you?
9: Well, since you are aware, there are times that that you actually become uh, fuzzy. Mm.
5: Let us say lighter.
9: Lighter? Do you mean turning into light?
5: Uh, No. I mean, there are times I feel light.
9: So, is that what happens then? You're so light that you you actually become transparent? Possibly. Well, people have vanished.
5: That may be true, from your point of view.
9: So it doesn't bother you that this may happen to you?
5: Where would I go? <laughs>
9: through a portal, uh, into another dimension, taken away by a UFO, I don't know.
5: No, you don't. Look,
9: look, I'm not trying to interfere. Especially if people like you don't mind what happens to them. But like I said, friends, relatives, they're, they're very concerned. Because once someone disappears, they don't reappear.
5: What makes you think they're not here?
9: Well, unless they're walking around being invisible, which is possible, but I don't think so, then it means they're probably somewhere else.
5: Isn't it obvious? (laughs) No. You see so little, but yet you draw conclusions.
9: Look, I'm just trying to be open.
5: (laughs) It's been said, in the beginner's mind, there are so many possibilities. In the expert's mind... There are few.
9: I'm not an expert.
5: Oh, I can tell you are. Well, it was nice talking to you, Mr... Uh,
9: uh, Jack. Jack Flanders.
5: Monsieur Flanders. Salut.
9: I I didn't get your name.
5: Of course you didn't. Hmm.
8: Right. That afternoon, Jack and Mojo take a stroll around the old city of Montreal.
9: Hmm. Aren't you hungry?
8: We could go to the deli. The deli?
6: Where? It's back in the main part of town. Shea Schwartz. <laughs> Shea Schwartz? That's right. Oh, really, Mojo. No <laughs> Shea Schwartz is a famous deli up here. Shea Schwartz? It used to be Schwartz's Deli. But some years back, when they wanted to make things more French, they passed Quebec's infamous Bill 101. All signs must be predominantly
9: ...and French. So they actually legally forced them to change their name? (laughs) That's right. And what used to be Schwartz's Deli became Shea Schwartz. (laughs) It's a big sign. Can't miss it. (laughs) You know, on second thought,
6: uh,
8: I'm not that hungry. Later, as Jack is walking back to his hotel in the old city... He passes a sidewalk cafe, Café Napoli, and there, sitting alone, is the mysterious woman he had seen earlier that day. She smiles at him. Well,
9: I see you're still here.
5: And so are you.
9: Mind if I sit down?
5: Please.
9: I never did get your name. I know. Can I buy you a drink?
5: Mm, I'm fine.
9: You know, I... I'd really like to visit that other place. Will you help me?
5: Are you worthy? I think so. Why are you so obsessed?
9: Uh, I want to see for myself.
5: Is that the truth? Yes. The whole truth? Well... (laughs) That's only part.
9: Uh, But I swear that part of the truth is true.
5: (laughs) Tell me the other part.
9: I'd like to know if the people who have, have crossed over, if that's what you call it, are they okay?
5: Meaning what?
9: Well, that they're happy to be there. And then... And then I'll be able to reassure their friends back here who need reassurance.
5: And if they are not what you feel is okay?
9: Hmm. Well, I doubt there's anything I can do about it. But you will try. Why are you so protective?
5: Why are you so insistent?
9: It's what I do. I explore the unknown.
5: So you want the unknown to be known?
9: Uh, Unknown, not necessarily. I'm just trying to help somebody.
6: Votre addition, madame? Merci beaucoup.
9: Uh, I'm not getting anywhere here, am I?
5: Poor Jack.
9: You know, why is it every time that I meet you, I feel like I've come to a dead end?
5: Cue de sac? Jack? What? That's what I will call you. Oh, thanks. So, have a nice day.
9: Yeah. Ciao.
5: Salut, cul de sac Jack.
9: (laughs) Cool de sac Jack. Whenever I think I'm getting somewhere, she ups and leaves. I ought to call her Madame Ciao.
8: Later, Jack stops by Mojo's place, a little apartment on St. Alexis. Dominique and Mojo are in the kitchen having an intense conversation.
10: You were walking on Gros Saint Paul?
6: Yeah. I had just crossed over St. Francis Xavier. Up or down? Uh, what's that?
10: You were walking up or down?
6: I was walking
9: up St. Paul.
6: And then you
10: weren't?
9: I was and I wasn't. Uh, excuse me, what are you two talking about? Shh.
10: You were and you weren't?
6: I was here. And I was there.
10: The same street? Saint-Paul, Saint-Francis?
6: Yeah. But I was seeing this place and another place. What happened? Shh! Two different places? No. More like two of the same place.
10: At the same time?
6: That's right.
10: You mean two different places at the same time?
6: No. I mean two of the same places at the same (sighs) time.
10: Jack... What is this man saying?
6: I have no idea.
10: Why can't this man make sense?
6: I'm (laughs) making perfect sense. Not
10: to me, not to Jack. Uh So? You keep interrupting me. Because you make no sense.
6: Mojo, what happened? I saw the other city.
10: Why didn't you
6: tell me that? Because you would not let me finish... You
10: were there?
6: Close, yeah.
10: What close? You see it, but you're not there?
6: Well, that's close.
10: Seeing is not being there,
6: is it? Hey, hey, be nice now.
10: And speak so I can understand.
6: Why don't you have a cigarette?
10: You want me to leave?
6: No, no, you can smoke it here.
10: Every time you say go outside.
6: This calls for an exception. Here. (sighs) Merci. (coughs) Mojo, what did you see? There were people walking around, but they weren't from around here. How do you know? Because I knew I was somewhere
10: else. Ah, so you were somewhere else. No,
6: I was right there on the corner of St. Paul and St. Francis. You were here, but, but you stepped into a different time. No, I was here and it was now.
10: How did they dress?
6: They were wearing what I'd say was a sort of a past future.
10: What the hell is
6: that? <laughs> it was maybe like Renaissance and some futuristic alien kind of dress. Like what? Like they were wearing what was... Uh, Coffee shoulders, they're very colourful, look like part renaissance fair and part science fiction. You saw this? Oh yeah.
9: (laughs) (laughs) I guess if it's an alternative world, or in this case, an an alternative Montreal, then one can assume their style of dress won't be like ours. In fact, uh, it can be anything. (laughs) Why? Because an alternative world, or maybe it's just a city, a, a city within a city, ...may well have existed as long as the old city of Montreal. Only it developed on a a parallel course. (laughs) I didn't imagine this. Dominique, you're the only one who told us about the other city. Now, why don't you believe Mojo?
10: I didn't say I don't believe him. Look,
9: for all we know, this whole city of old Montreal is a vortex. Now, you're the one who suggested that others have had the same experience Mojo had. So why are you being so damn difficult?
10: Am I difficult?
9: We need your help, and you know that.
10: Okay. I have to go.
9: But wait, wait, wait. I have something to tell both of you.
10: I don't have time.
9: (sighs) Great. Mojo, what's her problem? Uh, She's insecure. Her? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think she's jealous. Why is that? Because it happened to you. It didn't happen to her. She... Can, can you open a window?
6: Sure thing. Why do you
9: let her smoke in here?
6: Oh, it calms her down.
9: <sighs> so, what is it you want to tell me?
6: Well, l- let's get out of here, okay? You want to get something to eat? Where? At Gibby's. Uh, what's that? A fast food joint? No, that's a really fine restaurant here in the old city, Gibby's. <laughs> Trust me, I know my chitlins. <laughs>
9: Mmm. Wow, oh, you are not kidding.
6: This food is fabulous. <laughs> I wouldn't lead you astray. At least not when it comes to eating. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, and this wine. Great. Yeah. These Quebecers know their food. So what did you want to tell me? Well, I met that mysterious woman. Which one's that? You know. <laughs> All the women up here are mystery to me. <laughs> the one that you can see through... Did you see through her today? Yes. We
9: had a talk. Hmm. What's her name? Madame Chow. (laughs) That's her name? (laughs) No. No, it's just that every time I try to get information out of her, she stands up, pays her check, and walks away. Chow. (laughs) Madame Chow. I like that. You know, Mojo, I have the feeling she may help, but... If only I knew the right words to say to her. Like some magic incantation? God knows. I feel I'm really close to something, but I don't even know what that is. You know what I'd do if I were you? What? Follow her. Mojo, I don't know if I'll ever even see her again. Listen, both times you saw her, wasn't it in the same place? Well, the first time was on St. Paul, near near St. Vincent, and... This time, she was sitting in a sidewalk cafe, the Café Napoli. Man, that's like right next door to each other. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the next time she's going to... What gonna time be s- was it? When? When she was in the cafe. Around mm, four in the afternoon.
6: Well, tomorrow, trust me, she's going to be in that cafe. How do you know that? i got a feeling about this. What you're going to do is hang around where she can't see you. When she comes out of that cafe... Follow her. She'll recognize me. No, man. You just gotta look more French. How, by wearing a beret? Hey, I told you about that hat shop, Henri Henri, up on St. Catherine. <laughs> Henri Henri. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up. I've been wanting to get a beret. Monjo, I don't think my wearing a beret will be exactly what I'd call a disguise. No, not if you keep wearing your white suits up here. I can spot you three blocks away. <laughs> Man, you even glow in the dark. <laughs> Bonjour, I like white suits. Well, that's cool, but not when you're tailing somebody.
9: <sighs> okay. Look, I'll, I'll dress very left-bank, existential, whatever. Now that's being cool. You know, I wonder what ever
6: happened to the bohemians. Yeah, they're still around, but they're so cool, they just slip right by you and you don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tomorrow, new wardrobe and 4 p.m., I'll be lurking. Uh, take Dominique with you. Dominique? Couples blend in better. Dominique? She's tall. You can stoop a bit and hide behind her. She's too thin. Make it easier to peek around. Dominique? She told me she likes being around you.
9: Oh, yeah. You're kidding
6: me. No! No! She terrorizes me. Well, that's why she likes being around you. (laughs) Yeah,
9: I should have guessed that.
6: She's just being French. That's no excuse. You sure about that? Look, we better keep our voices down. We're, We're outnumbered in here. That's okay. You ought to hear what they say about us Americans. I'd rather not. So, take Dominique.
9: Dominique. Trust
6: me on this.
9: Okay, okay. Tomorrow, Dominique. She may surprise you. Mojo, she always surprises me. That's the problem.
8: <laughs> the next day, Mojo and Jack go to the hat shop on Henri, Henri to try on berets.
6: You wear a size 7 and 7 8s?
8: Yeah. I have a fat head.
6: <laughs> and you? Uh, me? Seven and one quarter.
9: Yeah, that sounds about right.
6: The sound does not matter. It's the fit. Huh. Ah, very nice. Oh,
9: great. I look so stupid wearing a beret. And you look fine. No, you're the one who looks fine. In fact, you know, you look like Thelonious Monk or, or some jazz musician who was born wearing a beret. Like Charlie Parker? Yeah, you do look like Bird. I look like the bird.
6: Jack, step away from that mirror. I got to see myself. Woo. Now that
9: dude looks good, doesn't he? <laughs>
6: you, you could play in a jazz club.
9: Well, actually, that's what he does. <laughs> ah,
6: perfect.
9: I don't think I'll ask about what I look like.
6: No, no, no. You look like a famous French lyricist.
9: Oh, really? Which one? Jacques Prévert. That's right. Mojo, do you even know what Jacques Prévert looks like? No. (laughs) Sounds good. And it fits. (laughs) Okay,
8: okay, you win. Later that afternoon, just about four o'clock, Jack walks to his rendezvous with Dominique.
9: (laughs) I don't know. Wearing this beret makes me feel like I should be riding a bicycle with a loaf of bread tucked under my arm. Oh, I knew it now. Now, someone is laughing at me already. Oh. oh, my God, it's her.
10: Oh, Jack, you look wonderful. I never would have recognized oh, you. Oh,
9: come on, you spotted me right all.
10: That's because Mojo told me how silly you look.
9: Mojo said that?
10: He's very honest. I know. He said you may need some tweaking. Oh, really? Oh, you wear your beret like a toupee.
9: Well, it feels like one.
10: Come here, bend down a little. Um... I'm going to bite your nose. I want to reseat your beret, okay?
9: <sighs> Let's see which
10: side shall we tip it? This side? Mm, not so good. This side. Mm, not so bad. You should wear this all the time. Why? You look okay in a beret. Not French, but okay.
9: Oh, well, thank you.
10: Did I terrorize you?
9: Did Mojo tell you... He did, didn't he?
10: Of course. But you haven't said anything about what I'm wearing.
9: Oh, you look you look amazing. I know. But aren't we supposed to be blending in? We are. But you look awfully fashionable to be tailing someone. Exactly. Wait a minute. There she is. Right on time.
10: Madame Charles?
9: Oh, whatever her name is. She'll probably go into the Café Napoli. No, no, no. She's stopping to speak to the blind street musician. Oh my God! Do you see that? What? Well, she's doing it. She, she's becoming transparent. You're right. Yes. Uh, oh. oh, she's she's solid again.
10: She's moving. Come on.
8: But we're supposed to tail her.
10: She's going into the cafe. We can see if I'm in there. Come on, move it, Jack.
8: Dominique drags Jack into one of the numerous souvenir shops. She watches from the window as Jack examines their stuff. Who buys this junk?
10: Tourists. Americans. Like you. Uh
9: uh-uh. uh. Not me.
10: Do you see how she looks this way and then that way?
9: Well, maybe she's expecting me.
10: She is very pretty. Oh.
9: Huh? I, I hadn't noticed. Liar. I like this sign over here. Children left unattended will be sold as slaves. <laughs> Are these road signs here? Moose crossing. The general motif of this store seems to be canoes, beavers, and moose. She's leaving. Come on. Already?
10: Come on, pick up your big feet. Let's go can go.
9: Okay, okay. Come on, come on. Right, right, right. Where is she going?
10: How would I know?
9: Is she headed down toward the harbour? Who knows? getting foggy. Does that happen this time of year? Sometimes. Uh, and that's why it's getting dark? Shh. Well, where are we? Shut up.
10: Listen. You hear?
9: Yeah. It sounds like that blind street musician. But we just saw him back there. I know. Maybe he's on roller skates. Shut up, okay? Can you see her? No,
10: but I think she's going to the music.
9: It sounds like it's coming from up there. Go see. You're not coming? I'll wait. Well, if this fog keeps getting thicker, how how will I find you?
10: Just whistle. You know how to whistle, don't you? Just pucker your lips and
9: blow. (laughs) I'll see you later, Seller. I won't go far. I know. Let's see. If I'm not mistaken, it's coming from straight ahead. So if I just keep... Ow! Ow! Damn it, I just walked right into a wall. What is this? A cul-de-sac? Hmm. cul-de-sac jack. Yeah, right. Now, where is that accordion? On the other side of this wall? There must be a door along here somewhere. I can't find anything. There's no door, there's no window, it's... It's just a brick wall. I give up. Hey. Hey. There's things moving around in the fog. I think they're people. Is the fog clearing? Hey. There's an open square. And sunlight. What's going on here? Ah, the fog closing up again. There goes the sun. Well, that's it. Back to the pea soup. Dominique? Are you there? Oh, great. Dominique! Yes, Jack? Oh. oh. Oh.
10: Did I frighten you?
9: Very funny.
10: So you found nothing, yes?
9: Yes, nothing.
10: Ah, c'est la vie.
9: Whatever. I'm disappointed. You knew this was a cul-de-sac, didn't you? Hm? You let me walk into this wall. No. I could have broken my nose. Poor Jack.
10: Are you okay? No,
9: I banged my head. Oh.
10: Next time, I go first.
9: I don't think there'll be a next time.
10: Yeah. Show me where you hurt.
9: Look, uh, uh, are we just going to stand out here in the fog?
10: I like the fog.
9: It's getting chilly. Aren't you? No. Right. Here. Put on my jacket. No. Why not? Because. Because what?
10: I am impossible.
9: I know that. Put it on anyway.
10: Okay. Mm. Mercy?
9: Yeah. Mercy.
0: show we're discussing uh, adventures with raymond one of the more enjoyable sports you can partake of right victor yes yeah, there let's get this over here there we go okay we uh, just heard the hayden triplets i agree with petra they should have called the band the hayden sisters <laughs> the triplets make them sound like well like they are this picture here <laughs> You know which one Petra is? You can tell by the eyes. She's the middle one. Oh. They're they're triplets, but they're not identical. The oh, right. Fraternal. Right. Uh, before uh, that was called Monday Crashing, off their little demo. Mm-hmm. Uh before that was Love Can Destroy Everything by the Ravenettes, a Swedish band. And uh Before that, a Japanese band from Tokyo called um, Los Alios with Faster Talking Heads. (laughs) It's a funny name. Pretty fuge, jamming on the bass licks. And we uh, started off the third hour here with the part two of Jack Flanders. And Somewhere Next Door to Reality, the latest mind movie on the Watford Pedro show. Uh, With uh, me and brother Matt at the studio here at the... Love Grotto, Pleasure Point, North Equator, West of the Rockies.
2: Victor Gastelum.
0: Now yeah. you worked at SST for a while.
2: Yeah, I worked there for nine years. Um, what was that like? It was mostly a lot of fun. It's designing records, and eventually became art director there. And um, there was a, you know, it was a, there we were doing a lot of production art. A lot of the bands would make their own art, and then we would them together and some we would do from scratch and and uh craig barra and i that worked there together we were also um, illustrators so we would um sometimes we'd end up making covers you know using our own art occasionally and um there was a lot of uh you know we had parameters to stay within which we were kind of conservative you know for for commercial reasons you know like to make an ad or to make an album cover but as long as we Kept within those, which which were not like a lot of rules, um, we had a lot of freedom to, to to experiment with type and photos and and to see what would happen. You know, just try something that we just might come up with, think of to do something, and and also l- learning how to do things. Maybe a project would be something that the, the, the label nude was not going to be a, a big seller, and you know, being creative with something that you're going to do in one color, you know, and just black sure. or something, and, and that it's fun to do that. And also,
0: uh, a lot of the early SST was vinyl, so they had to make the transition to CD, and you guys yeah, were involved with Right, those.
2: we did a lot of that, a lot of um, converting them over, and when I was there, we were still doing, you know, all the formats. What period? CDs. What years were you there? Um, I, let me see, probably like around 89 to 98. 90, yeah, something like that. I don't remember the Do you know what's
0: actually. going on over there lately?
2: No, I don't. Me either. Yeah, I don't know. I know Greg has a lot of cats over there. The last time I was actually there, I think he had We're like We're not 40. talking
0: people cats. We're talking...
2: Yeah, cats. Feline. And then the last time I talked to him, he said that he thought there was about 70. And he has a real cool deal going on with the cats, you know, like they they're there it's like um they're not they they have they move around they have their own like a little sun area and they got uh it's got places where they sleep and they eat and it's not you know you would think with so many cats that it might be kind of a smelly place yeah or a big but turd bin it's really it's really well kept and and um the cats he you know he never gets rid of them people bring them to him and and so they could stay there forever, you know. And, and Actually, cats are pretty neat. They bury their turds. Instead. Yeah, Somebody has to come and get the turd. Yeah, you know?
0: that's right.
2: They don't, they, don't, they don't bury them that deep, you know. You know, I
0: see them on my bike ride. There's three areas, Royal Palms, Point Fermin, and then Cabrillo. And I see them burying turds on the beach.
2: Yeah, yeah. I oh, see them burying cool. them on
0: the cliffs, burying them by the rocks.
2: I didn't always like cats, but I, lately in the last couple of years, I got turned on to them, and I like them. And I guess he must like them a lot. You know, they they can always be there. People go there and um, you know uh, adopt them also. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, they could just be there. Stay Brother
0: Matt turned me on to this website called BonsaiKitties.com. Now, is that a joke? <laughs> oh, man, this just... guy's talking about raising you know like bonsai trees you make them all yeah. tiny by binding them well, he's little, like raising cats. cats in little bottles to keep them all tiny <laughs> yeah, different shape, bottles, and yeah. yeah. I mean, man i flowed that to some friends <laughs> who have cats and they got lit they wanted to call peta and uh, yeah, i guess there's a tv guy. show about uh, cop animal cops yeah wanted to report them to this tv show yeah, they said, "Wait a minute, brother Matt." Like, that. kind of did a disclaimer saying this might not be real, but right. if it is real, it's pretty mean. Yeah, it well, I mean. We'll have
2: to check it out. You know, maybe the little cats like it. You know, it's
0: bonsai kitties. <laughs> maybe they're down for it. Yeah. It's BonsaiKitties.com, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah
6: it's pretty twisted little trip. Little
0: yeah, things. the guy has the whole little schema of, like uh, methodology. They're <laughs> <body>. Yang <laughs> <laughs> Thinking <laughs> like. Uh, evacuate the turd through the bottle. Yeah,
6: fed through the straw.
2: Yeah. What was
0: the favorite uh, cover that you did at SST? You personally, Victor.
2: The favorite, um, well, the the ones that I liked the best were ones where I actually got to use my art. And, yeah, but um, of
0: those, which one did you like there, the best?
2: There's two that, that I like the same, I guess. They're both for Greg Gidd solo albums. They're El Bad and... Um, one he uh, we didn't get credit when we worked there. Like a lot of times, you know, you work at a record label and you get, you know, designer credit or art, art director credit, credit. Yeah. but um, you you don't get that if you work there. You know, on the spot. That was one of the that was one of the the, the rules or whatever. We didn't Editions. get credit, but if Greg bought your art outside or if he like in my case he bought it off of me. From, from having, you know, I worked there and he bought some art that I didn't create there. Then I got credit for it. And it was a Mexican wrestler, Santo Jr., on a rainbow paper. and, and uh, It's Coltrane.
0: <laughs> Sorry about that. And what? Mic, it's Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Something- yeah, I'm doing my radio show right now. You should call back in a little bit. Uh, yeah I did but I didn't get to get an answer from him because we had to clear out really quick but I'm going to talk to him uh, again today and I'll call you back okay but we're live on the air I should talk to you a little bit bye (laughs) that's Brendan Mullen he used to run the mass
2: Mm -hmm.
0: he's writing his book on Jane's and porno and I talked to him about my adventure with porno It's quite a thing. Uh, So, you like this? uh, Yeah, that was a good piece. How bad. And other than that, I did. There's something about Mexican wrestlers in the mask, huh? It's a heavy deal.
2: Yeah, those are the guys that I would like to draw was because of the mask. And they're mostly... The guys that I like... In that case, Santo Jr., he's the son of Santo. Right, right? Santo The most famous one. Yeah, the But big, there was yeah. a lot of other ones that are less famous that didn't make as many movies and a lot of them that just wrestled didn't make any movies at all. Right. And I like all of them for their masks. And, and the, the... Doing... I always drew them when I was a kid because I knew about those wrestlers and I had my favorite that was Mil Mascas, thousand, thousand Faces. Yeah. And... I started doing them when I was older, and it kind of taught me about the mass, the, the tradition of mass and culture. Everybody at one point ends up making some mass.
0: You know, sometimes, like when the white wrestling came back in the U.S., and they'd have these gats on, and they'd pull the mask off, and it was such. A lame-ass thing. I mean, you're a little kid, you're watching this, ha, 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 but they don't understand the reverence for the mask and to have it pulled off. Right. And having to do it because, yeah, you want to get on U.S. TV and this, but what a... a
2: disgrace. Yeah, they've changed it all. I mean before it was they would lose it in a match and it was like, you know, by force. Oh yeah. Or they would have the mask versus hair yeah. matches. <laughs> and then they would lose their mask. And then there was some wrestlers that I liked a lot, like this guy named Rayo de Jalisco, and he had a lightning bolt on his face and his whole trip Jalisco. was lightning bolts and um he uh well the lightning bolt Rayo, the lightning bolt oh, of Rayo. Jalisco. And he lost his mask a lot of times. You know, there's this myth that like, oh, if the wrestler loses his mask, yeah. it's over. He's out of there. Yeah. But it's not true, you know, they would lose their mask and like losing the hair it would suck but it's gonna grow It's come gonna back, grow
7: back. You know?
2: So he would lose his, his um he lost his mask a lot. I I would know because of the photos and um you know, in the magazines, wrestler magazines from Mexico and You'd see him on the floor like, oh, he lost his mask again, you know, and he's sitting there holding his face with just the pieces of the mask and, you know, or you could see his face. It's like, look, he's got a mustache, you know, it's like somebody's dad, you know, (laughs) and the wrestlers are a trip too. a lot of them started taking off their masks because they wanted to be famous you know they're like man nobody knows who i am yeah, you know i go to the right. store and they don't know who i am so they That's, wanted that it's you know?
0: probably influence from the north wrestling they are like yeah hey, i'm a
2: good looking guy you know yeah. there isn't that ain't why i wear a mask you know
0: no, the mask was in tradition.
2: Yeah, it's all steeped in tradition. And the masks are real cool. I mean, you know, the, the mask is like the theme of the wrestler. Well, yeah,
0: the idea of the mask is you can be someone else.
2: Right. Just opposite.
0: Hey, I gotta, I'm me. No, you get to be someone else. Yeah. You know, and and a little kid with imagination, you could see this feeding right into it. You know, I'm the wrestler. All and I need to do is have the mask.
2: You'd hear stories too, like of. Um, your uncles and i heard for this from other people too, so this is something that people would do, like your uncle, you know, your mom's brother or whatever would say, like, hey, I'm that guy, you know, <laughs> and you're little and you're going, No way Like I know you work for the post office like, Yeah, but you know, not at night time, you know.
11: <laughs> like Santa and you, Claus. And
2: you're thinking like you know, no way, you're lying, but at the same time you're thinking you know, it could be true. You know, like, why not? You know, this guy's got a mask on. Nobody knows who he is, where he lives. Is he married? Not. How many kids? Like, the. You know, they. They're the anonymous. alter
0: ego. Yeah,
2: they're like, you know, sometimes so it would be common that, you know, people would say like, that's me. You know, like, yeah, you know, now you know. You know, don't tell anybody.
0: <laughs> our secret. Right. Sabrosa. So, bro, <laughs> so uh, those years at SST. Mm-hmm. that was some label huh
2: yeah yeah a lot of a lot of good music i you yeah. know I, I came in the, towards the end of the second generation of of bands like dinosaur and soundgarden and dust domin i mean those kind of bands and, and i re- already was aware of the you know the first generation saccharin and Minutemen and black flag saccharin and is still yeah, the only yeah.
0: band left from those days
2: yeah and they're they're great too i've seen them play Lately, and uh, their new songs are, I say, as good as the old songs. They got vibes. Yeah.
0: Right
2: yeah, they're a great, great band. Also, another band I would say, like I didn't appreciate till I was older. You know, like I think a lot of those bands. The thing about the label too was that they weren't like some band that was cranking out the Black Flag type bands. You know, that all one the, sound. Yeah, all the bands yeah. had different sounds. Right. Totally different sounds. I was and
0: very proud of that.
2: I thought that was real punk, and and it you uh, it. You, you appreciate it even more as you're older. You know, when you're younger, you got the Black Flag record, and you're wanting another Black Flag, but you got the Minutemen instead. You know, and then, you know, you're like, man, you know, this has got the petty bone stuff going on too. You know, like, you know, why are they so different? You know, but then, you know, you get older, and you started become more open-minded about different types of music, and you start appreciating those bands. You know, you start appreciating their influences and. Um, and even Black Flag, you start noticing that there was a big difference between that band and, and just any other band playing fast. Oh, yeah. You
0: know, uh, I'll tell you about that first Minutemen record, uh, Paranoid Time, in uh, the album cover, or the record cover, Seven Inch. It was Greg's idea. He goes, hey, I can get my brother to draw you the cover.
2: Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Raven came up with this scene about these yeah, yeah. guys making a western. Yeah, <laughs> The guy's feeling a... <laughs> it.
2: Craig, Craig Ibarra that worked there one time, I think just for fun. I don't think he used it for anything. He made a version of that whole drawing, but with the girl naked. <laughs> that was real real fun. <laughs> the look
0: it on wonderful. her face. And yes, got... he changed
2: it to porno time. Oh,
0: and the guy is standing on like a soapbox because he's too little. <laughs> yeah. Really, if it would have been accurate, like with Alan Alda and uh, Shane, what they did was they didn't have him on a box. They had the actresses in troughs, trenches. They dug trenches because he was so short. Yeah, of course, the chick has to get in the trench. Yeah, (laughs) the trench. We got some... uh, We should play um, Manocha, right? Something from his... uh,
2: His solo record, um, Clandestino. His first solo record, and then the second solo record... um, and this, this tune here? Uh, desaparecido. Yeah, it's, right. It's about people that disappear. Yeah. Which is not a happening thing. But... a yeah. lot. Yeah. We were just
0: talking about El Paso and all those ladies. Yeah, yeah. That's Terrible. what it's
2: about. It's about... Oh, it is? Yeah. And it's about... Juarez. Juarez. It's about that, but it's also um, just—it's kind of a fun song too. Like, uh, (laughs) it's it's in reference to that Los desaparecidos from South America. They, I think, originally came up with the term. Peru, Chile, like, where's my son? Argentina, and they were protesting to the government, like, where, where are they? You know, and they tried to bring
0: Pinochet to trial on that.
2: But the song itself is about, like, they tell me I'm the one that disappears when I show up. I just left, you know, when I got there, you know, I gotta go, and so it's, it, the lyrics are kind of fun. Okay, here we go, a lot from Pedro's show.
4: Me llaman el desaparecido, cuando llega ya se ha ido, volando, vengo volando deprisa deprisa rumbo perdido cuando me buscan nunca estoy cuando me encuentran yo no soy el que está enfrente porque ya me fui corriendo más allá me dicen el desaparecido fantasma que nunca está me dicen el desagradecido pero esa no es la verdad yo llevo en el cuerpo un dolor que no me deja respirar llevo en el cuerpo condena que siempre me echa camina me dicen el desaparecido que cuando llega ya se ha ido volando vengo volando voy de prisa de prisa rumbo perdido me dicen Siglo XX, cuando llegaré, cuando llegaré, cuando rumbo llegaré? al 21, cuando llegaré, me llaman el desaparecido, perdida en el siglo, cuando llegaré, cuando llegaré, me llaman el desaparecido, cuando Prisa, deprisa, rumbo perdido.
0: Watt from Bedro Show. Okay. Coming at the end of another edition. The May 7, 2004 edition.
6: Like a third year anniversary edition.
0: That's right. right. Third. Right. Three years now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trip. Brother Matt, thanks for all the shows. Oh, cool.
3: It's yeah, been wonderful.
0: Nice Real good show, you. too. Yeah, and Victor, all the essential information nice. you flowed on us, turned us on to. Yeah, thank you. Oh, by the way... Um, it's bonsaikitten.com if you want to check out that site. And uh, real Really, we're not cat. into hurting cats. We love cats and stuff. So. Don't put
2: them in
0: jars. Yeah, don't put in super glue tubes. they their Yangs. I mean, yeah, what the, what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that about?
2: Yeah, it can't be real.
0: <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> the magic of art. Uh, but I'd like to have you on again as a guest to- Bring sure. over some yeah, more fun. tunes and stuff, and uh, relate stories and stuff. Um, me and George Hurley are playing on the 21st of May here in Pedro at La Zona Rosa Numero Dos, formerly known as Dancing Waters. We're gonna do some old Minuteman songs, so check that out. Um, God, I got a lot of stuff coming up. I'll tell you about it next week in next show. Until then, keep your powder dry.